you guys, this is the most ridiculous endeavor <laughs> ever. Ever. I mean, it should be simple, right? You people seem to just start new podcasts like, I don't know, five a day or something. Mm. Um, I'm trying to start a podcast, you guys, and it is the biggest mental game I've ever played in my life, right? Because the issue is not just sitting down and talking. I have no issues. Well, actually, shit, no. Sometimes I do have issues sitting down. Hmm. Can't really use that, can I? Um, and sometimes I really have issues talking because sometimes I don't talk. Selective mutism. Hmm. Didn't realize that was a thing. Anyway, funny, the things you don't realize are a thing. So that's why I'm here. You guys, what's up? I'm Hildy or Hildemac. Welcome to my podcast. Welcome to my autism disco. I know you're all dying to know what the fuck is up with the disco. I'm going to tell you right now. Um, all right. There's too much. Let me sum up. I am one of those people just realizing that I'm autistic at 42 years old. I don't know if it happens for other people at 42, but this is a great age for it to happen. <laughs> um, and I'm not just a little bit autistic. You guys, I am so autistic and nobody realized because... I'm really fucking smart and I'm coordinated, capable, talented. Essentially, you guys, I'm just a really excellent mimic. Mm-hmm. So nobody knew, but I've struggled greatly, <laughs> hugely, monstrously, epically. You guys, my life has been one long struggle. And when you're really fucking smart, I know this is going to be like a poor smart people podcast. Wah, poor smart people. No, for real though. You guys, you get zero slack when you're smart and you get less than zero slack when you're really fucking smart. And I'm really fucking smart, right? By fourth grade, my teacher was like, ah, I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing to keep her attention. I, I got nothing. Right. I'd already tested into gate, which is gifted and talented education. I don't know if that's still the way they do it. I don't know if that's just in California or the whole nation or wherever, whatever. That's how we do it here. We identify the really smart kids and then we at least attempt to, you know, give them schoolwork that'll keep them interested. Even that didn't. <laughs> you guys, there was nothing. And my fourth grade teacher was on the committee developing new gate curriculum. So that was that was all she could do. She approached my parents and she was like, hey, how do you feel about me just testing out potential new gate curriculum on your daughter as a way to keep her even slightly engaged? My parents were like, oh, sure. Whatever. Yeah. Even then, it was a struggle. And then my whole life was just a series of upheavals, right? And transitions, moving, new schools, Right. Now that I know how difficult change is for autistic individuals, which is funny because, you know, sometimes, but I think that's the ADHD piece, right? Right. You guys, I'm, you guys, <laughs> there is so much shit we need to figure out. We are so behind. We are so behind. Okay. So that's the deal, you guys. I realize I'm autistic and it was really hard for me to figure it out, you guys, because I don't, I don't fit the mold, right? I don't fit the model. 
so many things that are the case for a lot of autistic individuals are not the case for me, which is why it was really hard to figure this out. And I actually figured it out a couple of years ago. I figured it out shortly after my ADHD diagnosis, right? Which was at the end of year one of the new plague years, as I call them. Some people call it 2020. By the end of that year, I was one hot fucking mess, like a lot of us. Um, that led to an ADHD diagnosis. And shortly thereafter, I realized I must be autistic, right? Because the more you spend time in those neurodivergent spaces online, which is where we're all congregating, right? Because we're all alone, shut up in our houses, congregating online. Um, oh my God, and I'm not even that social online, you guys. I just don't socialize with people. Hmm. I don't even get along with other neurodivergent people. Seriously, I'm like the weird, you guys, you guys. I don't fit any molds. Jesus Christ. Um, holy fuck. But that's why we're here, right? We have to talk about people like me because there's more of me out there. That's that's the thing, you guys. That's how I realized I was autistic, right? I started interacting and reading about, reading the words of all these other women, or at least, you know, assigned female at birth. Individuals who were, one, having the same experience I was having, which didn't seem to be like the same experience most people are having, right? We all already know that. We all already know that we're out here not having the same experience as anybody else or most of the people around us. Hmm. We're all out here trying to figure it out because it's so apparent to us. And it's apparent to the rest of you guys too, right? Because even if we can hack it pretty well, even if we look and sound like we know what we're doing, which most of us are excellent at because it's survival, it's a survival game, you guys. It's survival. Um, you all still know. We all still get treated a little differently, even if we seem to sort of fit in. It's like a weird pheromone, right? Kids especially can tell. Kids can tell. Yep, that's why we're all shunned a little bit, even if you can quite pick out why, right? Other people know. We're treated differently. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how smart we are, how good looking we are, coordinated, talented, doesn't matter. We get treated differently because we're different. We're different. We're going to talk about why. So that we can identify more of us. You guys, this is a huge problem. Because once I had the answer, which was autism, you guys will not fucking believe where I am now. Oh my God. Which is what I'm coming to tell you. So by the end of year one of the new plague years, I had an ADHD diagnosis. And in the beginning of year two of the new plague years, I realized I was autistic. But... I had to back burner that, right? Because nobody wanted, like, no, 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 right? Psychiatry's like, oh, God, no, smart, pretty, middle-class white lady. No, no, no. Let's find you a more respectable diagnosis, right? Like, I don't know, borderline personality disorder or bipolar too, right? Those are more like <laughs> approaching middle-aged, smart, educated, middle-class white women, diagnoses apparently but guys I can tell you exactly why autism in people like me looks like both BPD and bipolar I'm gonna tell you exactly why it's all there guys we just have to unearth it okay we're gonna unearth it you're gonna come you all are gonna have to just come with me on all of this okay I'm gonna say a bunch of crazy shit and y'all are just gonna have to come with me because that's how this works but hey I'm gonna back it all up right I am like the anti-Karen because here's the deal, you guys. Medical research, it's a special interest of mine. Oh, how cool is that? And I never knew. I never knew what it was. I mean, I knew that I did it. I just didn't realize it qualifies as a special interest. I didn't really know what special interests were. But ta-da. 
I taught myself how to read research papers, basically. Studies. Yeah, this was years ago. Uh, it was shortly after my kids were born. It's like a decade ago. I have no background in any of this, okay? I'm not a doctor. You guys, I not only like don't have experience or a degree or anything in anything related to, you know, medicine, psychology, psychiatry, any of it. Um, I don't even have a college degree of any kind, you guys. <laughs> so don't take my word for it, okay? That's not what this is about. I'm not telling you what to do. No, Hildy is not telling you what you should do. Hildy is going to tell you what she did, what she does, what she figured out. Then I'm bringing all the receipts, you guys. I'm bringing all the receipts. Okay, and that's not just all the studies that I used to put this together. Oh my God, so much research. It's cool though. I assume the rest of you are not out there, you know, spending 14 hours a day sifting through medical research. It's cool. That's what I like to do for fun. <laughs> I know, surprising. I'm weird and I have weird hobbies and literally reading medical research is one of them. I know, but hey, guess what? Now you get to benefit. So that's the thing, guys. I'm not here to tell you I'm right and I figured it all out. I mean, I am here to tell you that, right? But then I'm going to back it up. Sources, facts, evidence, all the rest of it. You know how it goes. We're going to do science, guys. We're going to do so much science. We're going to do so much science. But that's the thing. I'm not a scientist. I mean, I am a scientist because I'm a human being. Pretty sure we're all scientists at heart. So you guys, if you want, get to check my work and I want you to. That's the whole point of doing this podcast, right? I can't find fucking doctors to help me. You guys, I have been all the way to UCSF. You guys, University of California, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Wah, wah. They don't know what the fuck I'm talking about either. But someone does because I'm basing this all on research. So there's a missing link, you guys. <laughs> there are the researchers out there figuring this shit out right? And then there's all the doctors and psychiatrists and psychologists that we're going to who don't know what the fuck we're talking about. So let's bridge the gap. Okay? Excellent. Let's do it. Because that's part of how I figured this out. By the end of year two of the new plague years, I was sick as fuck, you guys. Like, so sick. Symptoms cropping up almost every bodily system. I was so sick I ended up in the ER. I saw doctor after doctor after doctor. Dude, there were concerning test results, but they didn't fit the model that anybody had decided I should fit into. That's the thing, right? I don't fit in a box, you guys. I am not categorized very easily. And doctors, especially specialists, shit is too specialized, you guys. Ugh. It's too specialized. That's the problem, right? Because these specialists can only see what's in front of them through the lens of their specialty. And so if they can't figure out what's wrong with you through the lens of their specific specialty, they're like, uh, uh. either you must be fine, right? Or Okay, come back in three months and we'll test you again. Why? What? Okay. And in the meantime, I'm sick as fuck. And nobody could help me. Nobody. 
You guys, doctors are at the top of my shit list right now. Big, bold face type. I will tell you all about it. And not for no good reason, you guys. I'm very pro-Western medicine. That's the problem, right? That's been part of the problem. I'm very pro-evidence-based medicine. Well, you know what? Western medicine, evidence-based medicine, as it's being practiced right now, sucks, you guys. It sucks. It's leaving a lot of us hanging. And it's leaving a lot of my demographic hanging, specifically. So I went and figured that shit out for myself. And I am not the only one struggling with this stuff out there, you guys. Okay, because you want to know what the chronic illness was, the mystery chronic illness? It's a histamine intolerance, you guys. It's a severe histamine intolerance, which is new, literally. We've only known about this as a potential thing since the turn of this century, this century, 20 odd years. That's it, you guys. That is not nearly enough time <laughs> for your average doctor to know what the fuck any of this is about. So none of them did. Some of them were willing to listen, which is cool. Some of them were willing to look at the research I brought them, which is cool. But ultimately, the doctors who everybody thinks should be helping someone like me are allergists. And you guys... I'm not sure how much respect I had for allergists as like a profession before this because I haven't really interacted much with allergists, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm embarrassed for you guys, seriously, and you all should be embarrassed for yourselves too. Allergists who are turning away people like me, allergists out there who are not even listening to our list of symptoms, they're not looking at any of the pictures that we're bringing you, you're not even taking us seriously. And every other doctor is like, well, clearly you need to go see an allergist. Mm, okay, except when I go see an allergist, they're like, oh, does your shit show up on traditional prick testing? Traditional serum-based blood work? No? Well, sorry, then it doesn't exist. Okay, but look at the symptoms that are right in front of your face. Mm, sorry, it doesn't exist. That's literally how it goes, you guys. And this happened just over and over and over again, all the way up to UCSF, just to be told the same thing by the head of their fucking allergy clinic. You guys, I'm not going to say her name, but I'll throw her under the bus. She didn't know what the fuck I was talking about, any of this shit, histamine intolerance. She didn't know histamine is implicated in like essentially every bodily system. And that's the problem. Western medicine doesn't like that, right? They don't like it when we decide or when it looks like there's one answer to several different problems. They don't like that. No, 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 no. It immediately gets Western medicine's hackles all up. Okay, well, what if the one thing is implicated everywhere? What then, motherfuckers? Hi, if histamine is the problem and histamine controls, dude, it mediates so many functions within the body, you guys. Holy fuck. <laughs> and allergists don't know this. They don't fucking know. They have no idea. Literally, I was told verbatim. Okay, all right, here we go. This is what I was told by the head of UCSF's allergy clinic last summer. This was not decades ago, you guys. This is modern times. Well, this is how we were taught, and this is what we know. So, shrug. That's what I got, you guys. I got those words and a shrug from the head of UCSF's allergy clinic. 
which is a process to get to, right? That's a referral thing, but it's not just a referral from a regular doctor. It's a referral from a specialist. Dude, and I had tapped all my specialists by then because surprise, previous to this, I already had a team of specialists because I'm fucked up, you guys, and I've been fucked up most of my life, like broken fucked up, right? So that's where I was by the end of year two of the new plague years, heading into year three of the new plague years, which is when my dad received a pancreatic cancer diagnosis on Valentine's Day last year. And then despite receiving the best prognosis, he was dead on Easter Sunday. He had had one chemo session. That's it, you guys. It was the eve of his second chemo session. He was supposed to get it in the morning. Go have more chemo. Nope, dead. So that sucked. And then the year just got worse (laughs) and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. So that by the end of last year, I was a fucking disaster. But in the meantime, I had figured out how to control my histamine intolerance through diet. COVID helped me figure that out. Asshole. It's not easy to eat (laughs) a low histamine diet. Holy shit. Especially for people like me, right? People with ADHD, we have a serious problem feeding ourselves, you guys. Holy shit. And it's so funny. Not funny. Not funny. Haha. Funny, sad to find out how much of a struggle it is for so many of us. Yeah. So couple that with having to eat low histamine. I'll tell you all about it. It was a struggle. So by the end of the year, I was just not eating basically, right? Big brain time. And then, you know, the week before Christmas, I found myself in severe psychiatric crisis sitting in my psychiatric nurse practitioner's office, which is where you should be if and when you find yourself in severe psychiatric crisis. Uh, one of the places you could or should be. Um, part of the reason I even <laughs> dragged my fragile ass to her office that day is because I really I developed a full-blown eating disorder. I had lost 10 pounds in like seven days. You know, happens when you stop eating. And by that point, I was I was really coming up on the point at which I, I didn't have any more weight to lose. Um, but as I was losing weight, Throughout the year, I was unearthing a body that I didn't necessarily recognize completely. Um, there were a couple places that this was really noticeable. And the first, the first was in my calves. Mm-hmm. I realize it must be due to the fact that I found myself up on my toes a lot, walking on tiptoes. <laughs> Huh. Fascinating. Which I've, I've always kind of done, right? But I was doing it more and more as I was eating less and less histamine, you guys. Yeah, that's the thing, right? When I got sober, got my shit together, put it in a backpack, summer 2018, which is also when I left social media and just kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. But like I said, I was doing really well to begin with. Oh, well, not to begin with, but then eventually I was. And I now realize I have been unknowingly treating my autism for 14 fucking years with cannabis. Then when I got sober, my autism started showing way more, but not just the behavioral piece of it, right? But the physical piece. So this is part of when I started having major histamine intolerance symptoms after I quit the cannabis. Did you guys know that the endocannabinoid system in our bodies 
helps mediate our immune responses? Huh. Fascinating, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, stop smoking pot. Started getting more autistic, right? But not just the good pieces. <laughs> Mostly it was the not good pieces. Because there are good pieces. You guys, that's what we're here to talk about. Is it a gift? Probably not <laughs> across the board. Uh, but it's not all shit, okay? So let's talk about it. Let's just talk about it honestly, right? Uh, let's not turn it into something it's not. Let's just discover what it actually is. It just is. Autism just is. But it's more than what we think it is. So let's talk about it. Anyway, so this all came to a head, clearly, um, because there was a lot of stress in the mix and a lot of other stuff too. Lots of factors, you guys. Lots of factors. So that week before Christmas, I did something. You guys, I allowed myself to consciously revisit the conclusion that I'm autistic. That's what it takes. I had to allow myself to do it. See, because from the time I first realized it, shortly after my ADHD diagnosis, my brain has been picking away at the puzzle in the background. It's running all sorts of programs in the background, you guys. Holy fuck. I mean, clearly, that's what brains do. Mine seems to run more additional programs. Algorithms, as I call them. So it's fucking weird to, <laughs> to find out the rest of you guys call them algorithms too. What, are we all living the same lives? Are we all the same person? So anyway, my brain had been collecting all these bits of info, assembling this conclusion in the background. I downloaded and started reading Unmasking Autism by Dr. Devin Price. <laughs> Oh, Dr. Devin Price. Um, you know, I was in tears by page three, right? Just what happens when you're like, oh, you guys, it's the weirdest experience to read about my own personal life, like personal things that have happened to me and then read about them in a book written by a complete stranger. I'm like, uh, this makes me uncomfortable. Lots of things make me uncomfortable, you guys. Surprise. Um, but it wasn't until I was a ways into the book, right, that that this really came to a head, you guys, because, you know, you can sort of weigh the idea that maybe you're autistic, maybe, maybe not. Clearly, it's hard to suss out for even the professionals at this point. But there is that one thing that tends to just scream autism from the rooftops. <laughs> It's a physical behavior. It's a repetitive movement. Y'all know what I'm getting to, right? Hand flapping. I mean, I feel like that's the one, right? So this podcast also becomes a story of how thoroughly our brains, at least brains like mine, can hide reality from us. Yes, I think of my brain and I as two separate people. <laughs> mm, that's just the way it goes. It's like my brain and my conscious mind. We're two different people. And we communicate in really interesting ways too. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We do communicate in really interesting ways. Um, okay, wait, wait, wait. Where was I though? Um, Oh, hand flapping. Right. It wasn't until I got to the chapter, though, where Dr. Price interviews Trevor. Trevor. Whose name? Probably his name is fucking Trevor. Anyway, Trevor and his 
kick-ass friends. Um, Trevor is like a little bit older than I am and does hand flapping and has done so much hand flapping over the course of his life that his fucking forearms are like Popeye forearms, you guys. They're super buff from hand flapping. How fucking cool is that? Okay. And his friends all think it's fucking awesome, right? They have this little routine they do where they like, you know, get him to come out and like at first shyly, but then sexily, you know, display his Popeye forearms and they all swoon. And I'm reading this scene. I'm like, these guys are so fucking cool. Wait a minute. 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 Forearms. Hmm. Forearms was the other place that my weight loss was beginning to unearth body parts that didn't quite look the way I remembered them. And then it dawned on me that shortly after my dad died, my forearms were so insanely painful. I couldn't figure out what was going wrong. I almost went to the fucking doctor for it. You guys, it takes so much just to get me to go to the doctor, which is why it's a big deal that I've seen all these fucking doctors, right? It's a big deal, you guys. And none of them helped. (laughs) None of them helped. Um, I almost went to the doctor. So that tells you how much I was in pain because that's the other thing. You guys have a ridiculously high tolerance for pain. Shocks all of you, I'm sure. But at the time, I had actually realized why they were sore. Took me a minute, clearly. I realized it's because of the dancing that I do. Mm Mm-hmm. I do dancing, you guys. At least I think of it as dancing. And it is dancing. But the core movement is hand flapping, you guys. (laughs) I just didn't know it. I had no idea. I've been hand flapping my entire fucking life and I didn't know it. (laughs) How often does that happen? I don't know, but there's got to be others of you out there. So that's why I'm putting this on blast. Hence the podcast. Seriously, you guys, I feel called to do this podcast. That's why I'm still trying. I mean, I've been having like technical difficulties. I can barely even make myself do this, but I'm still making the attempt. And that's how you know, I think I have really important shit to say. So that's a weird realization. Turns out, you guys, I am one of those autistic individuals you read about who has a unique relationship with music. I just didn't know it. (laughs) I mean, I knew it. I just didn't know it in those terms, right? Um, But this was apparent from the time I I was a newborn, you guys. Yeah, straight up, almost from day one, it was clear that music affects me unlike most people. And I don't know, somewhere in the back of my mind, maybe I knew that like some autistic individuals have a really strong relationship with music, but I wasn't ever really thinking about that at all in terms of myself, clearly, clearly. Um, but you guys, music and dancing, that's how I hacked this. That's how I hacked my autism. That's how nobody knew. That's how I was able to hide it for so fucking long through my repetitive movements. And this has taken a lot of research and a lot of experimenting and a lot like I didn't know exactly what I was looking at at first, for real, right? Because it was reading Unmasking Autism, but then it wasn't until I had read some other studies and then reading some of Temple Grandin's books. I'm a huge Temple Grandin fangirl, you guys. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it took a lot to piece this together. Well, I mean, the whole thing, but like, the hand flapping specifically it's part of the larger dancing that I do uh it took me a long time to know what I was looking at mm-hmm. 
and I'm going to share with you guys all of those things that I use to piece this together. It's very exciting. And then through my experimenting with the dancing, right? Because now that I know it's there, I always knew it's there. Um, now that I knew what it was, I wanted to experiment with it and really explore it, right? And that's a really weird process to take this thing that you've always done your whole life, every day, every day, um, and really explore it consciously. This has been the most fascinating process, you guys. And essentially, that's what I've been doing from the holidays till now is trying to figure out exactly what the fuck it is I'm doing <laughs> with my body. And holy shit, you guys, it's fucking cool. It's fucking cool. It's fucking weird, but it's fucking cool. Um, and it's fucking powerful. And that is the main reason why I'm here. Because at this point, I had already realized that the repetitive movements must be how I was able to hack my autism. And then as I'm getting ready to create and launch this podcast, partly to tell you guys exactly that, well, what should happen? But science coming in clutch. With the study that was released last month, actually, I think the study was published in March, maybe. Article I read about it was like first or second week of April. Um, literally, you guys, just happened. The study announcing the discovery of the four subtypes of autism. You guys, this is a big deal, right? We have been waiting for something like this. And long story short, two of the subtypes involve individuals with above average intelligence. Hey, that's me. Within those two, one of the groups tends to do less in the way of repetitive movement, but they also struggle more socially. And the other group <laughs> tends to do more in the way of repetitive movements and they struggle less socially. Bingo. Ding, ding, ding. That's me. And that's literally what I was coming to tell you. That's literally what I was coming to tell you all. Hmm. So now I can fill in a lot of these details for you guys because I figured them out. I know it sounds boastful and arrogant. I'm going to sound like that a lot. But for the most part, I'm going to be right. <laughs> and if I'm not right, I want you guys to tell me. So that's the thing, you guys. I want to dance for you, <laughs> which sounds so weird. I mean, I don't. Like, I'm mortified by the idea. I'm fucking mortified by this idea. But I think it's really important. And the dancing's really fucking cool, you guys. It's pretty fucking cool. But there's more. It's not just dancing, right? Because I realized when I sort of created this routine, it was during those formative years. Not quite formative, like, child development-wise, but formative in terms of my autism safety mask which is what I call my mask, right? Don't leave home without it. It's like your towel. Don't forget your towel. Don't forget your autism safety. Oh, other people, real people. Oh, we're going out in public. No, grab your mask. Grab your safety mask. Um, shit hits a fan during puberty, right? We can sort of hack it as little kids. Not quite as obvious. Puberty. Mm, and I went through puberty stupid early, you guys. Stupid fucking early. I was nine when I got my period. Nine nine elementary school 
nine, fourth grade, towards the end of fourth grade. I was almost 10, but whatever. I was nine. And then that means, right, we're going to do a little bit of science. I have been going through puberty, but for like a couple of years by this point, right? It doesn't start with your period. It already started long before that. I was developing boobs by the time I was in second grade. You guys, I was seven. And so by nine, oh my God, I got my period. And then I was, you know, my full grown height shortly after that. And you guys, I'm tall. I mean, I'm not that tall, but Jesus, everyone acts like I'm a fucking giant. I'm only 5'9", and that's like on a good day. But, you know, 5'9", in fifth grade? A girl? Like, seriously, you guys, it was over the top. And as I started going through puberty, I started developing my mask. And I realized now how I did that. And it's sad. It's sad, you guys, because it's something I've actually been bringing up to my therapist for fucking years, right? And they're like, oh, that's normal. Hmm. We were latchkey kids. Wah, wah. I was born in 1980. My sister's two and a half years older than I am. My brother is five years younger than I am. I'm the middle child. That will shock you, I'm sure. Uh, we grew up in the 80s and the 90s, and we were latchkey kids. We had two working parents full time. And at that point, we were living in Orange County. I know. So after school... I'm pretty sure this routine, it must have started when I was eight, so that by nine, it was it was definitely solid. I would come home after school, and I would watch MTV, like you do. I mean, I think most eight and nine-year-olds were not coming home from school watching MTV in the late 80s, but I was, because no one was around. Fuck it, and I love music, right? Music is foundational to my being. We're going to talk so much about music, you guys. Holy shit. I almost toggled the, you know, music category. Spotify was like, oh, how do we categorize your podcast? Um, you don't, Spotify. Do you have an all of the above option? No, then. Mm -hmm. So I went with mental health. But you know what? Music, mental health, they're basically the same thing for me. <laughs> so, you know, we're going to talk a lot about music. So I would come home from school and I would watch MTV, right? Music videos. Then I would go to my room and I would put more music on loudly. And I would sing or lip sync and dance in front of the mirror. You know, as girls and boys have been doing from time immemorial. Okay, just kidding. We didn't have mirrors way back then. Um, and there's so much more to it than that, you guys, because, yeah, there's so much more to it. Because you're dancing, lip syncing, you're doing it to yourself right in the mirror. And obviously, the influence from watching so many music videos was part of the time I was just sort of pretending that I was in a music video, right? And during a music video... I mean, at least back then. There were some creative music videos back then, for sure. But a lot of the time, back in the day, it was just the band singing, the group, you know, performing. Whether it was live, in concert, you know, or just for the video itself. Um, but sure, there's scenes interspliced, you know, and oftentimes it's the group socializing, right, outside of making music. But you can't hear what they're saying or doing, right, because it's still the song playing. So it's just a scene of people, like, hanging out. Doing cool people things, right? Drinking, smoking, doing drugs. Jackass style, you know, stunts. I don't know. Whatever cool people do. And so in front of the mirror, along with my lip syncing and singing, I sing. It's like my one musical talent. Um, and dancing. I would just sort of hang out and like pose in the mirror, right? Because I could just practice my facial expressions. Hey, how you doing? Right? Look cool. Strike a pose. <laughs> Pretend you're laughing. I mean, whatever. That's what I was doing when I was a kid, you guys. While I was dancing, these repetitive movements, 
I was practicing my facial expressions in the mirror. I was practicing pantomiming, at least, socializing, perfecting my stance, my hair toss, my wink, whatever. I don't know. But I was doing it. You guys, that's how I created my mask. (laughs) My mask is fucking awesome. But I'm pretty sure that's why. Because I was a latchkey kid watching MTV growing up in the 80s. Yeah. And so when I went to look into all the benefits, right, I'm like, well, what are the benefits of like dance or movement therapy for autistic children? You know what they are? You know what the benefits are? Increased socialization. Uh huh. Increased ability to identify facial expressions. Ta-da. Right. All the stuff, all the deficits we have are helped through music, dance, movement. Ta-da. Um, anyway, that's what I was all coming to tell you guys. So I'm going to tell you guys, but seriously, and that's the other thing, right? So I grew up talking to myself in the mirror, you know, cause part of the time I sure I was like talking or at least I was talking to myself in my head, you know, having like fake conversations and stuff. So here's the deal, you guys. Um, there are so many things that go on in my head and my life that I don't tell anyone about. I know shocking, but here's one of them that I'm going to tell you because now we're all going to get to benefit. <laughs> You guys, it was so weird filling out the autism assessment. I actually had to stop filling it out at one point, you guys, because it was making me realize how much I'm autistic. (laughs) Literally, it was like a hard process. I had to take a break from filling out the actual assessment because I was like, why are you asking about all of these things? Why are you asking about all of these really weird things that I did as a kid or like weird things that I do that nobody knows about? Why are you asking about all of them? Stop it. It's making me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So autistic individuals often feel like they're being watched, right? And I had already decided this must be because we are so fucking concerned with getting it right all the time, right? So that nobody knows that we're not actually what we seem, what we appear to be. But part of me was like, oh, okay, that's exactly what I thought of because I kind of always assumed then if I was acting like I was in a video, I kind of assumed that something was being recorded, almost like I was live or something. Essentially, you guys, what this has turned into over the course of my life is that I talk to myself in my head. Now I'm starting to do it out loud, but I'm not necessarily talking to myself. I'm talking to other people. I'm talking to all the other people crowded around watching me do whatever it is I'm doing. There are no people. They don't exist. I'm technically talking to myself. But I talk in this format. (laughs) That's my whole life, you guys. I like narrate my life and like talk to people who are not here all the time. I essentially run my own podcast and have every day of my life. Mostly it's just nobody hears it because it's in my head. So that's part of what has made this the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. This fucking mental game, you guys, because this isn't new for me. Sitting around, talking about my life, narrating what I'm doing. I just sort of do that anyway. I just normally don't do it with a fucking mic in my face. And I normally definitely don't record it. Or, you know, share it with other people. Which is kind of the goal of all of this. So there you go, you guys. I'm a 42-year-old, some college-educated, white lady from the fucking Bay Area who's autistic as fuck. 
does hand flapping as part of this larger dancing talk to myself i talk to myself all the fucking time oh and the dancing you guys i'm fucking ripped right that was a whole forearm thing you guys i'm ripped (laughs) i'm ripped from dancing which is actually a form of repetitive movement yeah and i look sexy as fuck now you guys and it takes so much for me to even say those words out loud that is not my style but it's true And it's because of these movements I do that are directly related to my autism. It's hand flapping, you guys, and it's fucking cool. Yeah, sure, it's breaking me and it hurts sometimes, but whatever. It's fucking cool. And I'm pretty sure I'm producing all sorts of shit doing it. That's making up for all sorts of other stuff. Dopamine, endorphins, we'll talk about it. So that, you guys, is what makes this a disco. Music, dancing. But you're going to have to nerd out with me first, right? You're going to have to nerd out and listen to all my nerdy science and stuff. My weird ass story. And then we're going to work up to the dancing. Now, hopefully, I can fucking dance for you. We'll see. I think we'll get there, though. It'll be so worth it. You guys, it'll be so worth it. Trust me. Who doesn't like to watch white people getting down? I do. I mean, that's how I identify my people, right? <laughs> um, okay. But. How do we get disco the spelling disco? That is probably something everyone's wondering. All right. I have a blog. Did I mention the blog? Wherethewords.com. W-A-R-E-T-H-E-W-O-R-D-S.com. Wherethewords.com. Does a blog I started. I actually started it after my ADHD diagnosis, after we found a stimulant medication that worked for me to see if I could finally write consistently. It's what I've always wanted to do. I suck at it. Surprise. I don't suck at the writing. I suck at the writing consistently part. So I inadvertently blogged through this whole thing. I mean, not consistently, but I was still picking away at it. And so when I was going to write about this specific stuff for the blog, I decided I needed to organize it somehow. It's a lot of information. Guys, it was a lot of pieces my brain took, right, to put this all together. Um, So I got out a big whiteboard, like you do, right, to do some like, I don't know, mind mapping or something. I don't know, you guys, but it always looks really cool when other people do it. They pull out these whiteboards and they make these lists and connect them. And I don't know, sometimes they even use like string, colored string to make connections on that. Like it looks so cool. Anyway, it doesn't work for me. No, I'm pretty sure I know why. We'll get to that. But I went to write at the top. It needed a title, a heading, header. Mm. Often I make up really ridiculous names for things. Readers of the blog will know that. I especially love acronyms. Oftentimes, though, I'm just a really literal person. Surprise. So my brain went literal. And it was like, well, this is my autism discovery. So I went to write at the top of the board, my autism discovery. When I got to discovery, you know, my brain was like, well, there's only one discovery in our world. (laughs) And it's spelled disco, motherfucker. So literally, without having had any of these conscious thoughts, I wrote my autism, and then my hand just wrote disco in all caps. (laughs) Right? Star Trek fans will know what I'm referring to. The rest of you, I don't even know what to say. Why are you not Star Trek fans? And I, what the fuck? Anyway, so I was like, well, that is not at all what I meant to write. And then my brain went, wait a minute. That's fucking perfect. That's the perfect analogy for what my brain just did. This whole process, right? Took all of these bits of info, stuck each one on an individual facet of the disco ball, you know, in my brain, 
and then hit the lights and spun that shit up on the inside walls of my mind. That's it. That's what happened. Disco. And then all these bits of info were just swirling around the inside of my brain to the point I couldn't ignore them anymore. And that was it. Seriously. It's like the perfect analogy. And then you guys, I don't know, it took me some number of days, weeks, or months to realize (laughs) how much this is going to be about music and dancing, which is clearly also disco. There's so much disco wrapped up in here, you guys, you have no idea. Ooh, there's another disco connection too, but we're going to get to that. We're going to get to so much shit. So there you go. My autism disco. Originally, it was just a mistake. Now it's perfect. Funny how that works out. It's kind of, wait, wait. It's like an allegory for my life. I fucked it up, but it ended up being perfect. Wow. So essentially, I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to tell you guys a story. And for the moment, I mostly just have the early mornings and a few hours every day to record, but that's perfect. I get up and basically a verbal diary every morning. My husband jokes. I get up and I have, you know, my triple latte enema first thing, and then it's, you know, usually there's no one here to do it. To, well, it's my kids, but they just tune it all out. Um, so now, you know, maybe I can just do it for you guys. So I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to tell you a story, and it's not really going to be episodic. I think I'm going to have to make this serialized because if I try to organize this in any rational way it's just never gonna happen i'm just gonna sit here and it's all gonna come out you know wes anderson style i guess maybe tarantino oh it might not be that great um it'll be awesome whatever it is it'll be awesome so that's what we're gonna do i'm gonna sit here and tell you my story maybe you guys will listen maybe you won't i don't give a fuck if it's not your style don't listen hmm I have a foul mouth. I talk about shit nobody wants to talk about. I'm going to talk about embarrassing, mortifying shit, and I'm just going to make myself an example so that the rest of you can start feeling comfortable talking about your mortifying, embarrassing shit, because that is the only way we make it less mortifying, less embarrassing, is if we talk about it and we normalize it. And not normalize it as in like autistic people are just normal now, but we are, you guys, we are normal. We are a version of human. So how are we not normal too? We are normal. We're our own brand of normal. And I know there's got to be more of you out there. There are more of you out there doing my brand of hand flapping, doing my brand of dancing. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. There are others of you out there with a unique relationship to music like I have, which I haven't even like touched on you guys. We're going to go deep. You guys want to know, the rest of you want to know why people like me listen to the same music on repeat? over and over and over again, I will tell you, I will answer all your questions now. See, that's what I can do. I can be the bridge because I'm pretty sure I am heavily autistic. I'm pretty sure I have severe sensory processing deficits, but I have language. Dude, and I do language really good, you guys. (laughs) I write good. I talk good, right? And I'm entertaining and funny. Dude, and there's more just, there's more than the dancing, you guys. Oh my God. I have like weird superpowers. I've been referring to them as my Jedi powers for years. (laughs) Turns out they're my autistic powers, which I'm pretty sure are just Jedi powers. So essentially we're just a race of actual Jedi. Some of you out there know what I'm talking about. So I started an Instagram. Wait, did I actually start it? I think so. But anyway, I'm going to drop all my nerdy pictures there, right? Because I keep track of all this weirdness. And I don't show it to anybody. I got a whole camera roll full of 
random cool weirdness that I'm going to share with you guys and nobody else has seen. I know. I know. I feel like an ascetic, you guys. I'm like emerging from the desert after, you know, five years, literally, with my newfound knowledge. And I'm buff as hell. Seriously, you guys are not going to believe. <laughs> um, you guys are not going to believe it. I am in the best shape of my life from hand flapping, essentially. <laughs> I know. I know. It's cool. It's cool. Seriously, it's going to blow your mind. Yeah, like I said, though, it's a head game. So I'm still doing it. You guys, I'm still working on it. Don't think I'm not working at this every day, even though there's like nothing posted. I'm I'm trying. This is a huge deal for me and people who know me will know what a big deal this is. And that's how you know I feel called to do this because I'm still trying. I'm still working at it. I'm still going to make it happen. You guys, I can't not. And I'm not that person. I am not that person. I don't feel called to do things. Okay, I just do them because I want do what I want. Seriously. But there's that point at which you know, suddenly, you hold information the world needs. So you got to share it with the world. That's what I'm doing. I've invited you all to join me at my autism disco, where there will be music, dancing, epic displays of Jedi power. There's gonna be all sorts of cool shit, you guys. We're gonna talk about birds. I love birds. We'll talk about all sorts of stuff. I have like the weirdest, most eclectic taste. You guys have no idea. You will soon, though. You will soon. All right. So that's it. I'm Hildy or Hildemac. This is my autism disco. Maybe I'll use some of this for a trailer. Maybe I'll use some of this for preview part two. Who the fuck knows? Maybe I won't use any of it. No, I'm committed to using some of this one. And we have what? You guys, we have 141, 141 minutes. That's how I think of it. When I see the one hour, 41 minutes, you guys, I do see my husband all the time with the dryer. How long do I put it on for? Oh, put it on for a hundred and he's like, what? Like, oh no, an hour. And yeah, see, my brain is weird. But I'm not stupid. Kind of sounds like I am sometimes, right? Anyway, we got an hour and 42 minutes. Hey, sounds like a good time to stop. All right, see you guys next time. Catch you on the flip side. Peace out, bitches.